Welcome to the GNT Show. Alright, welcome everyone to another GNT Show. This is our season preview show. This episode will probably be split into two. We will be covering the first eight teams in this pod, and then we will cover the last eight teams, or the next eight teams, in the next pod. Then we will also, as part of that second pod, we will also give our season predictions as we did last year. There are 16 teams in the comp, and uh, last year, of course, G did get <laughs> yeah. only 15 teams. But I would like to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, my co-host with the most, a man who this week bought biblical rain over his own house. I don't know if anyone's seen the old Looney Tunes cartoons, but there's been a dark cloud following G around and just pissing on him all week. G. Hello, I'm looking to dry off. Fortunately, I can't use one of those Acme umbrellas that Wiley Coyote used to use. Oh, yeah, Does anyone even know who Wiley Coyote no one, no, is anymore? No one yeah, okay. didn't think Coyote. so. Well, you know, Looney Tunes fell off a cliff just, just quietly. I mean, there was no Mickey Mouse when we were growing up. Looney Tunes was it. You had Inspector Gadget sort of occasionally made a comeback but if i think about the cartoons that were around he-man shira he-man he sort of made a little yeah. bit of a yeah. he-man's made a comeback i think because of memes well he-man's he also made was... a comeback i think i think there's he-man on netflix or something isn't there oh, i don't know i think there was something like that and uh, you don't have netflix it. do you i do have netflix oh you do now you do now you um, thought yes, it was just a fad that would pass didn't you <laughs> no i did it it's my 75th streaming service that i've got at the moment <laughs> and i only watch about Please. two of them Please do not talk to me about your ability to buy streaming services. I've even got BritBox. There you go. How Why good is that? The BBC Box? one. Oh, there were a couple of series on there that I wanted to watch. Did you watch any of them? I'll cancel it. I did actually. Did you? I did. Yeah. Was it just? And a... I've been donating ever since. <laughs> was it? Was it? Yeah. Was it a period piece with erotic fiction, G? Unless you call Agatha Christie period pieces um, erotic, no. Well, I don't know what you're into, but have you ever noticed that you only get erotic suggestions on Netflix and BritBox? Why is that? I don't know if um, true crime is erotic, but um, I'd prefer it not to be a version of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I no. know. I just it's just a no. bit odd that you, that's all you get. Anyway. All right, shall we, shall, we, shall we move on to the season preview? I do occasionally get Peter Volandis popping up or, um, you know, the Parramatta Eels highlights from early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, so, so you've got rugby okay. league yeah. highlights mixed in with erotic <laughs> period pieces. <laughs> it's um, David Gallup. David Gallup. I'll tell you what, G, I'll tell you what you've got to be worried about. I'll tell you what you've got to be worried about. You don't want those two worlds to collide. You don't want David Gallup and Peter Volandis in an erotic piece. No, but no. I, from, <laughs> I Peter think that would will, be... Peter Volandis would insist on his Emperor Toga. Yeah, sure. he would. He'd be Caligula. Remember that? <laughs> he would be Caligula. Okay, subject. For those of you, for those of you that don't know about the story about Caligula, change the subject. go, change go the look subject. it up. <laughs> go look up what Caligula is and go look up who Wiley Coyote is. What an introduction. We've gone from Wiley Coyote to Caligula. All right. I, there seems to be some drama happening at G's house. But there is. The cat's attacking the vase. Okay, excellent. She's not a fan of flowers. Do you need to go attend to that? No, she's okay. She'll just um, knock it over. I don't know what she's doing, but yeah, she's got an aversion to flowers. She finds them offensive. I have a dog, and the dog is much better behaved than your cat. I think the rain is making my cat go crazy. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Get, let's get... All this, right. this is ridiculous. Too long. All right. Too long of an intro. It's, it's a great intro, G. It's another... It's a, this is what our fans expect from you. All right, shall we start off with the Brisbane Broncos, G? What are your thoughts on them? We'll go through this alphabetically so that um, we make sure you get all 16 teams in. 
And then, oh, what, and forget then, one this time? No, then, no, no, hopefully not. So, do you want to start with your preview of the Broncos? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, last year, they we know they finished 14th. You know, they still got um, Kevin Walters there. But I think towards the end of the year, they seem to get their fitness right. And they seem to really hang in games towards the end. At the start of the year, they were falling away. And they were getting pummeled. So, you know, their differential was minus 249, which was quite bad. But... There was a lot of improvement towards the end of the year, and they seemed to find a settled sort of combination. This year's there's already um, articles coming out about the players complaining that the preseason was too hard. And then also you've got the Payne Haas situation as well, where he's very unhappy with his contract, and you wonder how that's going to play out mentally for him and his effort on the field. I mean, so far he's been brilliant every, just about every week, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. But, you know, he, he's quite upset with his contract situation. Broncos I think they've recruited relatively well they brought in a little bit of experience you know they brought in um, Ryan James who I think it will help with the forwards uh, um, somewhat Kurt Capewell as well lucky I didn't call him Luke this time yeah. from the Panthers I think to sort of give him a little bit more of that kind of replace that Alex Glenn role that they had last year in that veteran presence I, I think they really needed those two because if you look at the rest of their their squad especially in the forwards they're very young they're still a bit green even though you've got players like Haas, you know, he, he's been around now a little while. He's still very young too. But so I think they needed that experience. And obviously the, the, the massive purchase was Adam Reynolds. And they've really needed that type of organising halfback to dictate the game for them for a few years. Though I do think fitness was a lot of their problem and attitude and pressure in the last couple of years. But he's going to make a huge difference sort of really solidifying the way they play and, and giving them a little bit more structure. And Adam Reynolds does a lot of stuff that's underrated. You know, he seems like he just sort of doesn't do much because he kicks and then just you, you don't notice him as much but I thought the last year or two at South he, he was running a lot more and sort of challenging the line a bit and I think he's going to make a huge difference I mean T they've got talent everywhere I think fullback's going to be a, a key thing for them is who's going to be their fullback it's, it looks like it's between Tessie New and Selwyn Cobbo Selwyn Cobbo will be on, be on the wing Tessie New will be the fullback their back line is actually really good so I think we're going to disagree on the Broncos, okay, for a couple couple of reasons. I mean, you you've spoken about the team there without any analysis. So let, let, let me <laughs> yeah. let, 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 let me. So we've we've already we've already slipped into uh, G and T mode already with the first player movement. So let's let's cover who's come in, right? Let's cover who's come in, and yep, I'll, okay. I, want, I want to give a bit of a recap. I do agree with you when they changed fitness coaches during midway through last year that they, there was a market improvement, right? So there was, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So a lot, of, a lot of people are projecting that improvement into this year, um, particularly with the recruitment they've had. I'm not as bullish on the Broncos, and I'll tell, and, I, and, I, and we'll go through why. So, so their player movements are Adam Reynolds in, Kurt Capewell in, Brenko Lee, that amazing defensive right centre. But, but at least someone that can come in and do a job if they have injuries, you know? Well, who's he going to replace? Herbie Farnworth and Katoni Staggs will be the starting centres. Yeah, he's a, he's a depth, depth signing. Not for the money they're paying him. I don't know that that's a great signing. You're better off with a youngster there, assuming Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth don't get injured. Corey Jensen, Jordan Pereira. Again, another one I'm not sure whether he's going to start or not. Uh, Billy Waters, which is um, nepotism at its best. <laughs> well, it absolutely is. Billy Waters... Billy Walters is not a starting, no, he's not. You know, five eighth or a halfback in this comp. I mean, he might grow into it, but he's getting older too. I mean, it's a complete. And he, yeah. Anyway, I won't go too much into it. Ryan James is the other one, right? They've lost John Asiata, Xavier Coates 
to Melbourne, which I think, yeah, I think that'll be good. It's, it's a big loss. It is yep. a big loss. Because he was great last year. Anthony Milford, Isaiah Tass, Brody Croft, Danny Levi, Ethan Bullimore, Alex Glenn, Ben Teo. Ben Teo's 137 years old, so he's retired now. He was, yeah. And, and Richie Kanar. Now, I think they've recruited well. So the players they've brought in, I think, are better options defensively than what they had. In particular, I think Ryan James and... Um, Kurt Tapewell will shore up the middle and the defensive edges. At the right? fringe, yes. At the fringe yes. edge, the, the edges, yes. So th- th- they're really, really good signings. I think Adam Reynolds is an amazing organising halfback. But then I look at that spine of the Broncos and I go, your hooker is Jake Turpin, your 5'8 is Billy Walters or Albert Kelly, and your fullback is Tessie New. Now, I think Tessie New will be a good player, but Tessie New's a young player. And then Adam Reynolds's load there is enormous in the back line. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, but, but he's an organising half. He is not a magic half. Yeah, so what Adam Reynolds will do was get them into the right field position and make the right calls. He's not going to be your leading line break getter. He's not going to be any of that stuff. And in terms of last year, their their defensive woes were horrific, right? So so they had the second worst defense in the comp. They conceded. Uh, I'm just looking it up here. They they scored 77. So they had the 77 tries last year. So they were the second worst attack. And the tries they conceded were Broncos conceded 121. So they scored 77 and conceded 121 tries. Okay. Now, there was only two, t- two teams worse than them, the Tigers and the Cowboys in defence, and equal worse defence with the Bulldogs. So I think they'll concede less. I think they'll score a little bit more, but I think the, improve- the improvements are certainly not enough to get into the eight, in my opinion. I'm expecting a lot more. They've got quite a, a, a solid team, but they're still young. I don't think they're going to get wiped. I don't think they're going to get wiped every week. Yeah, no, like they I were think early they'll hang last into season. games. Yeah. Yep. I think they'll hang into games, and I think a lot of this discussion is obviously injury-free, and they've got a couple of veterans like Pereira or Brinko Lee they can bring in if there are injuries. But the way I see, say they've got Tessie New, Asako, they've still got O2 started to improve again towards the end of the year. Tony Staggs. I like their centres. I, I think they've got strike in the outside backs. I think they've got strikes. Um, they, their forwards are very young. Payne Haas cannot play 80 minutes a game again. Yeah, I agree with that. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Are we sure... Kevy Walters can coach? I'm not sure. I gave it a bit to him because he, he, you could see he was floundering. He expected the team to make the eight. I think he put a lot of... Well, and chopping and changing your halves all the time is not, is not, a, is not a recipe for success. If, if I'm blunt in my assessment, he seemed to affect the confidence of his players a lot by sort of hooking them and all the mind games. Like, oh, Milford's playing this week. He had a great game. And then he gets dropped. Ridiculous things like that. And I don't think that helped. But towards the end of the year, they seemed settled. Now, whether he learnt to calm down a little bit and not react to every loss like it was the end of the world, because Kevin Walters also played for winning teams just about his whole career that were pretty dominant as well. Yeah. So he's not used to losing. So maybe he's learnt to be a bit more patient. I do see improvement in the Broncos for sure. I don't think they'll make the eight, but I think they're not going to be the easy beats and getting flogged like they were in the past. The youngsters in the forwards will improve like Rapati. Rabadi, sorry, Ricky, you know, you've got Hetherington as well, but they're still very raw and they're still very green and they're going to take a step up. And like you say, they've got the strike and speed and, and agility and athleticism in the back line too. Like they're tall, they're fast. I can't see them making the eight, no way. Well, I, I think that's right. But, I, but my issue with them is, is, forget about the attack for a second, they're coming from a long way back defensively. Oh yeah, because their edges were poor and their middle was poor. Their their marker defense, like it was just structurally, they almost needed to start again. That's how bad it was. 
the effort wasn't there and the players weren't on the same page. Like, you almost have to start again. If he's spent his off-season working on that, the Broncos will improve substantially. If Kevy spent the off-season getting in Adam Reynolds' ear and trying to position them around the park, well, they might score a try extra on average, but they're, not, they're still going to concede the same amount and they're going to go nowhere. With They didn't lose games by a little bit. Unless they make a material shift on defence, they're not going to materially change their position on the ladder. No, I am expecting the improvement because towards the end of the year, I saw some of those gaps close up a little bit and they, they, they weren't as tired. That was a big difference in their defence towards the end of the year. So I'm expecting that to continue. I can see them improving a fair bit and being, you know, from maybe 10th to 12th or something like that, just based on their, their talent and them playing, uh, getting a little bit more experience and also adding Adam Reynolds. And I'm expecting Albert Kelly to be the starting 5'8". I think he will be, but I don't think... I'll tell you the best 5'8 in their system coming up, best 5'8 halfback, is Ezra Mam. Yeah, he, he plays for South Logan Magpies. Um, he did really well in the Queensland Cup last year. He scored 13 tries and assisted a further eight in just 11 games. So he's... he's I, I actually think instead of Albert Kelly, is he better off giving someone like an Ezra Mam a go and just investing in that pick so he can learn off Adam Reynolds as well. I think the other thing is Selwyn Cobbo, I think in the Queensland Cup grand final last year was sensational. So so I think I think they've they've got some str- they've got some stuff there, they do. but but my worry is we focused on everything they do with the ball in hand and I think their major deficiency is when they don't have the ball. Sorry, I'm looking at it like a coach. I'm looking at it like a coach. Once they settled, you saw their attack at the back end of the year, and that's why they hung in games and started to score a lot more, but their defense was still not quite right. Like they were, hang- they were, they were running teams much closer, and and you know, really just losing games. And, and, and their defense did improve. Their defense did improve to the back end of the season, but it, but it improved through effort, not not through structural improvements, right? Not you, structure. You no, can't, you can't no. change your structure mid-season. So it's what you do in the off-season that determines your structure, right? And that's why that's why you can have a team like Parramatta look like, and we'll cover them in the next pod. But that's why you can have a team like Parramatta that looks so out of form defensively and then they make a couple of personnel changes they don't change the structure they make a couple of personnel changes and keep the structure the same that they've invested in and it makes a big difference in their defense and that's why the defense improves to the back end of the season along with increased effort all that sort of stuff so i just think you know i could go either way i think they've recruited well but i think unless they improve defensively they could finish 14th or 13th again i'm not as up as everyone else is on the on the broncos we know that they are in a media bubble in brisbane and i think if they have a few early losses i think the pressure can start to compound on them as well they're one of these teams where you know the expectations are not necessarily realistic all the time and if they start losing i, I think you're going to find the pressure will start to get to some of the players and that's not going to be a good thing. I think they'll be okay, and I'll tell you why on that front. Okay. My, my take of them is they've got three winnable games in their first seven. They must be playing the Bulldogs, Twice. right? And the Cowboys, okay. Twice. <laughs> um, and then and they've got the Cowboys. I'm positive yeah. this season. Yeah. Two, two Bulldogs <laughs> games and Cowboys. Yeah. And they've also got the Warriors, so they could. That, that's a 50-50 game as well. So, so they had that great game, remember, last year up at Suncorp? The Warriors versus Broncos. So, so I think I think draw wise they'll be okay. But I do want you to bear that in mind that pressure of not starting well after investing heavily in a team because we yeah. are going to get to the Bulldogs and their draw. Oh great, okay, very funny. Yes, no, so it's not continue. not very funny. And have you had a look at their draw? I have. Yes, it's um. Let's just say it's a little bit unfriendly in terms of strength of draw. 
score. We've got the strongest. I you've think got, we've got, got the, the worst draw in the comp. Yeah, we've got the worst draw in the comp. Yeah. So that's not that's not great. What happened to Phil? Isn't Phil Gould friends with Peter Valandis? Couldn't he have pulled a few strings in the background? Or so. So can I can I just one one caveat I want to make in terms of strength of draw? So the Broncos have a really strong draw as well. They do have one of the worst draws with you guys. In fact, they play more games against finalists than you guys do. But theirs comes later in the season. You guys start off quite, yeah, yeah. So, so the timing of the it's games is, yeah, yeah. So I'm not as I'm not as bullish on the Broncos. I've got to admit. So I've I've got them I've got them more towards the back half of that second group of teams. Or the third yep. group of teams, really, this year. So I think we probably agree on the Broncos. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to the Raiders, G? Yes. All right. And what are your thoughts on the Raiders this year? I mean, I don't think my thoughts are going to be any different than last year. Uh, I went through their squad. Should I, I, mean, should, I, should I do the ins and outs? So that... You could do the ins and outs, yeah. I was going to go through some of them. But well, yeah. I've got all of them here. So they, they, and they're not, they, ha- they haven't had as big a roster changeover as some of the other teams. No, not at all. And so they've got Nick Kotrick back. Adam Elliott yep. from Canterbury. Um, so I yes. think Canterbury was relieved to get rid of both those. And I think Ricky, was happy, Ricky was happy to get both of them. So that's let's see how that plays out. Jamal Fogarty from the Gold Coast, which they needed a halfback. They did, yep. yes. Peter Holler from North Queensland. Havili from South Sydney. Ryan James from Brisbane is gone back to, or gone back to yeah. Queensland. This is in terms of who they've lost. Bailey Simonson's gone to Para. Caleb Aikens has gone to the UK. Dynamis Louis has gone to the Queensland Cup. Soliola's retired, and he was actually older than Ben Teo. So I think I think Soliola, um, he actually played the first game in 1908, Soliola. <laughs> he did. But um, look, hey, I actually think Soliola is going to be a big loss. He is going to be a big loss because I think he was a dressing room leader. Yes, that's yes, exactly so, what so. I was getting at. His professionalism, his, his work ethic... He set the the tone a lot of the time with that stuff, and you know they'll miss him. I think. Well, I think that's right. I think that's right. So they're, they're the ins and outs. Um, I, I I think this whole we had a conversation at the end of last season when we did Canberra season review. As teams dropped out, we did reviews at the end of last season's pods. I don't think Canberra can win the comp with this squad. I don't think Jamal Fogarty's a, a premiership winning halfback, and so we had the question around whether they rebuild or whether they try and retool and go again. Ricky is definitely in the retool and go go ahead camp. But the longer they leave this rebuild, I mean, I think they've got a lot of question marks over their squad. I mean, I, I don't know how you think. Do you want me to keep going, or do you want to cover your thoughts? You, on... No, you keep on going. Yeah, I'll so... give you. I'll give my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So, so Jared Croker's coming back from that injury. Um, I think. I think Jared Croker wasn't a defensive dynamo at the best of times. No, no, he wasn't. Even in his prime. Even right? in his prime, he wasn't a great. Defender. I don't know if you saw the trial game. Charles Nickel Clockstad actually played, and I think he's going to be a big get after missing most of last season. But I'm not sure he's their starting fullback. I think Xavier Savage might be their starting fullback. And so, where do you put Charles Nickel Clockstad? Well, the rumours are he's going to be the centre. Well, okay, but then are we sure Jack Whiten isn't a centre? Well, that's a different discussion now, isn't it? The way he's been playing has been. Team revolves around Jack White and a little bit, and Josh Hodgson was down last year. So, so I think this whole team is a the, the squad. The, the squad makeup is a little bit flaky. Is the wrong word for it, but it's but it's it's on a knife edge. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of uncertainty. You have, there's a lot of players coming back from injury. There's an unproved. Certainly defensively, we commented on Jamal Fogarty last year a lot, right? So he's not going to be a defensive addition to the team. No, I think Xavier Savage is really, really good player. I think again, he's he's a little bit in the Matt Dufty mold, but he's a lot younger than Matt Dufty. So he'll he'll hopefully lock down a position, but I think defensively he'll need to improve. And what do you do with Nickel Klockstad? I mean, he was he was he was up until his injury, he was fantastic. 
Now, having said that, I think Emre Gula has started the season off really well. I don't know whether you saw the trial. And if they're forwards, if they can play a grinded-out game and rely on their defence, if Ricky can improve their defence, then they'll improve. And Jack Whiten's on form. Because on paper, their forwards are good but old. So what I mean by that is it's Papa Lee, Hodgson, Gule, Korowira, Harawira Naira, Elliot Whitehead and Joey Tarpane. That's a, that's a good starting forward pack, right? Yes. Now, yes. if you go back to their their back line, though, you've got, in whatever order, you've got Nickel Klockstad and Xavier Savage, one in the centres, one at fullback, Nick Kotrick, Jared Croker, Jordan Rapana, which can only can only tackle with his shoulder, Jack White and Jamal Fogarty. <laughs> he can. And so my personal view is he should start with Tom Starling, given Josh Hodgson's going to leave at the end of the year anyway. Yeah. And I look at that and I go, actually, the problems for this team is all in the back line. If they, if they can get effort from their forwards, right? So Because last year their forwards didn't play well. I'm like you. I don't see any difference, right? Like they've got a solid, and that's that. This is the whole thing. They're solid everywhere, well, and they've got a tough draw. They got one of the tougher draws. They did finish tenth. They finished on equal points with the Titans, so that they, yes. they're there or thereabouts, and their team has gotten a little bit better. So they'll be there or thereabouts, but I don't think they're going to crack into the top six. Well, definitely not into the top six in terms of tries scored for them last year. The Raiders had. I'm just trying to find them in my table here. I've got a big spreadsheet here. They only scored 81 tries. Yeah, and I don't see that necessarily changing. So they haven't scored a lot of tries, right? And now Jamal Fogarty's very creative. Yeah, very, very creative. Um, but they, they, they're going to need more points. They're, they've got the opposite problem to the Broncos. They are gonna, they're, they're like the Knights. We'll cover the Knights in this, in this yeah. pod as well. The Knights defensively are fine. They just need to score more points. Well, last year, how many times did we see the Raiders sort of hang in games but just never have enough in attack? I agree with you. I don't think they have enough creativity in their back line, nor do they have enough outright speed. But they're solid across the park. Like their forward pack, I think, is good. You know, but you look at Valame, semi-Valame, decent winger. Sebastian, Chris, okay, first year, but you could sort of tell he was one of those fringe players that could be a fringe back row, back rower or an edge forward they're getting caught out not in defense sorry that, well sorry i don't mean they're getting caught out in defense i think i think defensively they're okay i really do i really do as long as the but they but they don't, i just don't think they got enough magic and points in them in the current comp under the current I, rules i don't think they do no they don't and i think um so sebastian chris looks good but he's not that fast yeah, either. Like they're, not, they're, not, they're not putting the points on, right? They, they, so, so I think Jamal Fogarty will make a difference in that regard. But I just wonder, with, is he going to be a net positive? Because they're going to concede more with him there as well. To be honest, T, I think he will be solely because he'll be more engaged than George Williams. I mean, George Williams had sporadic moments of you know magic. And you could see that there was a player in there, but obviously with all the personal stuff going on and, you know, there seemed to be a lot of unhappy people with Ricky Stewart and the Raiders in general, he just wasn't right. So he, I, I think Fogarty just by solely being a little bit more consistent will be a net positive. And um, I think Adam Elliott, but Adam Elliott just adds a little bit more to their forward pack, which is already strong, right? Yeah, so do you reckon he'll stay on the field? I think actually Ricky would be a, a decent coach for him, I think. There's a player in Adam, Adam Elliott. I think, the, I think the Raiders will be around the 8. I, I still think the same as last year. They'll be around the 10th, 12th. They might. That whole 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's what I mean. Around that. They're in that, they're is, in that group. Yeah, that big me. group. Because defensively, I think they're very good. They're, they are experienced. They, had the, they, they conceded the least amount of tries outside of any team outside the top 8. So they've got a defence good enough to make it into the top 8. But their net they try do. differential was minus 17. Yeah, and I can't see that changing. It's not because of their defence, no. right? Rapana's a little bit older. Kotrick, 
I don't know if he left his speed behind four years ago, but he, he's lost total a lot of pace. So I don't see what he adds that they're missing, other than you know an experienced first grade and probably a decent finisher. But that's not necessarily what they've needed, right? They've taken a gamble on. I would Albert take Hopalati. Bailey Simonson over Nick Kotrick. I would. I thought Bailey Simonson had a, quite a few good games last year, and he's quicker. And I think Nick Kotrick. I think the biggest problem with Nick Kotrick is I think Nick Kotrick in his younger days was a great player. I think he's put on too much. He weight. was. Yep, some, well, something's happened, he's right? Because when he's he first up. came out... He's bulked yep, up. He'd, he'd palm people off and then run 80, 90 metres in first grade as an 18-year-old, and no one could catch him. So, But, you know, Valame solid, like we spoke about. Nickel Klockstad at centre. If he moves there, because they need they need Xavier Savage's brilliance. Even if he's young, they, they need that as part well, of their backline. You can, see, you can see Ricky's recruiting, right? He's going, I've lost George Williams... I need I need someone who's going to I need a halfback. I need someone I need a halfback and someone who's going to create points for me, right? George Williams yep. wasn't much chop last year anyway. No, he wasn't. And so I'm getting so I've got Xavier Savage who gives me a lot of speed. I've got Jamal Fogarty that also gives me a lot of creativity. But what I yep. what I, the Nick Kotrick thing and you know Jordan Rapana and some of these guys and Nicole Klockstad and Jack White and he's their big bodies around the halves and I've got big bodies defensively that hopefully I can just turn it into a net positive, right? The Xavier Savages and the and the Jamal Fogarty's of the world. I just look at the roster and I go, I just think they're in that 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of, I don't think they'll make the 8. I don't think they're good enough. Well, the question um, but... is, are they better than the Sharks and the Titans? That's the question. Because I think the top 6 will be the top 6. The top six, no one's going to get close to them. I think the Sharks will improve, and I think they'll they will sneak into. I don't the agree eight. with no one's going to get close to the top six. I think it's a outside of the Panthers and the Roosters. I think it's a much more even comp this year. Okay, well, you know, but anyway, with the Raiders, right? Like, well, like Nickel Clockstad's strength is roaming around and getting involved in different areas. I don't see how he does that if he shifts to centre. But if he does, then they don't really have much pace. Valame is decent. Rapana. He's good, but he's getting, you know, he's, he's not young anymore, Jordan Rapina. He's a solid player, you know, but then Tomoko, Jared Croker's a problem. Tomoko, Sebastian Chris, um, you know, you kind of look at them and you think, and Jack Whiten, last year all he did was try to replicate the year before and be the hero in a way. I, I don't think it was an ego thing. He just, he was so effective running the ball the year before that it just became his first instinct. He wasn't getting the play moving properly and teams figured him out. They just run, they knew he was going to run. They didn't fall for his dummies. So they'd hit him in defense and he was actually very ineffective. The, the, the X factor for the Raiders in their back line, despite their lack of sort of real strike power is that variety from Jack Whiten again. So that they don't know if he's going to pass or run. That he can't telegraph his run all the time, and at least that will create some space for his outside backs who are going to need it because they're just not. I don't. I don't think he's got that variety in his game. I think he had that breakout season where they weren't ready for his step off the left cut in. Like that's that's the move, right? And and then he's got the face ball that he that when he's on that left edge, he's got that face ball that he puts across two people or a, or a person, and and they're great balls, right? And, and he does have yeah. that little offload that if you run off him, he can do. But they're the yeah. three things. It's not like he's he's not he's not Matthew Johns with. 10 things in his arsenal. I, I like Whiten, but I think the defence kind of figured him out last year. And I think there's a lot of pressure on guys like Starling and basically Savage or Whiten to do something because all the other players are solid. And they've got a tough draw. They've, they really do have a tough draw. So, But, you know, Corey Harry-Wirinara I think will be decent. But like you say, Tarpane, Whitehead, you know, Hudson Young, Goulet, Elliot, they've got a very solid forward pack across the park. But 
I just don't see them having enough strike power really in and attack. I, and I think to... that defensively they've got good edge back rowers, which not every not every team's got, right? So they were hanging games because defensively though, the, the defense is pretty good and they give effort the Raiders for most for most of the games. Yeah, that's right. I mean, most of, I think most of the tries they conceded was in that crazy Warriors game. They'll they'll be around tenth or so, but I don't see them making the eight. The Raiders. I'm not saying they're going to make the eight. I, I do think it's a flatter. I think we've got two or three teams, depending on your view on the Storm, that are right up there. Yep, I've got three teams. The Storm for me, there's there's a trio up the top now. Yeah, and then and then I think there's another tier, and I think Souths are at the bottom of that tier. They are. Yep, they they their squad's changed. Well, I just I, I think Lachlan Ilias will be a good half, but he's he's a nineteen year old kid. He's not going to replace Adam Reynolds, right? So anyway, we'll cover that in Souths, and then I think then I think there's a big bunch of teams. Yeah, yeah. And then I think there's and then there's, there's three or four teams Can- that are not very Canary, good. Canary, West, and Saints. Okay, I think there's a few different differences. I think the poor teams. I think there's only a couple, and I think there's a huge group where they're all. Much of muchness, but with different strengths and weaknesses. Well, let's really. let's cover the team we've got differences of opinions on. Then, shall we? Shall we move to the Bulldogs now? I I'd like to do this differently. I'm gonna I'm gonna say to you, under this incredible salary cap, what they've got that we covered off <laughs> yeah. last week. I just want to do the players in and the players they've ga- out. Gained gained the whole NRL. I just want to do yes. the players in and the players out. Okay. Yes. And then I will hand over to you to give your positive fan view of the Bulldogs, and then I will counter with some of my arguments. How do you think that sounds as a Canterbury Bulldogs supporter and preview? Probably not a good idea because I don't know if I'm as positive as a lot of people would well, assume that I am about this team. Well, gee, your role is to be positive for once. So Okay, okay all right, so, yes. So here we go. The player movements. I want to do who they've lost first, right? Because of the enormous salary cap that these players that they've lost took up, right? Nick Meany. I think we covered it last week. Yeah, He was on $3 million a year. Will Hopalati, yeah. two million a year. Renner Under Fats- the Des Hasler back-ended contracts, <laughs> he probably was two million dollars a year. Renoff for Tony, uh, million and a half, we reckon. Adam Elliott, Maybe. Nick Patrick, million each. I mean, what are we up to? Seven million already. Honestly, close enough. Dalawat Teddy Zelezniak. As soon as they hang, I haven't hang done on, him yet. I haven't done him yet. I haven't done him yet. He, le- he, got, he left during mid-season, and there's you guys are contributing to that salary anyway. You you can tell who's on big money and who isn't because as soon as other players do something, but as soon as Adam Elliott like turned up in the wrong car, it's like, look, we're we're upset with your discipline. <laughs> you got to go. See you later. So Christian Crichton, Chris Smith. Both gone back to the Panthers, so they'll become premiership winners after leaving the <laughs> Probably, Bulldogs. Yes. D- Dylan, big big puppy, has brought his home video skills to the Catalans Dragons after he was released with his enormous contract. John Asiata, who is a renowned believer in science, has also left to go to the Super League. Ofahiki yep. Ogden, who's he's actually just been signed for the season. He's not on a play and play deal with Para anymore. He's no, been he's been signed, signed yeah. for Para. He's got talent, Ogden. He's got talent. Yeah, he's got issues though. Uh, James, yeah, yes, James, he does. <laughs> James Rumanos, Sione Katoa, Watson Haleta, Lachlan Lewis, who's now going into the stereo business, Dean Britt and Brad Dietz were all released. Fella Kiko Manu ended up at Brisbane. So as you can see, an almost $9, $10 million of salary cap space there released with these players. And well, then they filled, them. Their they, whole filled, team. they filled it with <laughs> yes. Josh Adokar, Matt Burton, Brent Naden, Matt Dufty, Paul Vaughan, Tavita Pangai Jr., Braden Burns, Reese Hoffman, Josh Cook, and Max King. It's 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 almost yep. a like for like swap of these players. Salary wise, G. Some of it was very lucky. Like to get Burton 
with the timing that we did was incredibly lucky. And, 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 he, oh, mate, and him signing a contract, he signed it well unders, right? He's on like a hundred grand a year, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's almost he, all like, jokes aside. He who's was on, joking? He's on. Can I just say to all Bulldog supporters, you guys never, ever, ever get to make another joke about the Roosters' salary cap sombrero. Ever. Of course we do. No, you don't. Of course don't. we do. No, you don't. Yeah, we've You got, cheated we've the got cap got by a million rules. bucks 20 years ago, and now you're cheating the cap now, and you can't have a pop at the Roosters. Of course I can. It's fun. Yeah, but you, you, you're massive hypocrites. I mean, some of it, some of it is quite lucky, because if you look at the deal they did with Burton, they got him before. I mean, if you, had, you did that deal towards the end of the year, you're talking double his salary that he's on. You don't think um, they topped him so, up. You think... That he wouldn't have sought a release on that money after the season he had. Look, I'd imagine there is some kind of third-party deals for some of these guys, obviously, like they do with every club. But because he was, his performance and what they signed him on is so he could get a million dollars a year on the open market. Gee, no he is getting a million dollars a year, whether it's third party or whatever else. There is, there is, there is. Just this is what the Roosters did. It's exactly what the Roosters did. We just need to make the salary cap in general just transparent. I say this. I've been saying. Oh yeah, I agree, with that. I agree with that. It's completely. just farcical. Anyway, G, why are they going to make anyway, the eight? I don't think they will. G, why you're meant to be the positive guy? Give me the reasons why. Why would they make the okay, eight? Okay, the reasons why is well now you've actually got strike power in your forwards. You've got depth and you've got brilliance in the back line. You've got the best winger in the comp, the best winger for the last four or five years in Adokar. You've got Dufty, who's an attacking dynamo at fullback. If, if this is why. You've got Naden, who's he's got it. He's got the package. He's tall, he's athletic, he's fast, he's skillful. He just hasn't quite put it all together for many different reasons. The Panthers, and whenever he was on a roll, he would get injured, then he was out, and someone took his spot. Got um, Braden Burns, who's coming back, who was always highly rated, but kept on, you know, had two or three serious um, knee injuries and other injuries at South, and could never really get back into the first grade team. You got Tavita Pangua Jr., who on his day is probably the most destructive forward in the, in the NRL, pretty much. You saw that at times with Brisbane. The thing is, his day is only once or twice a year. You've got a proper hooker, a highly rated one, Josh Cook, who's the only reason why he isn't in first grade apparently is because. He was being blocked by Damien Cook. He couldn't get into the South team, but he's very highly regarded. And, you know, Paul Vaughan used to play State of Origin. I thought I necessarily think that means much. You know, and is a, on paper, a highly rated prop. So you've got Luke Thompson, who's the English superstar. So if I look at them, and you've got Matt Burden, who was basically the best centre in the whole competition last year and is one of the best young players in the competition. So... If everything comes together and things work out, they've got the talent now to at least make the eight, considering how poor the eight was last year, especially the fringe of the eight. That, that's my positive spin. Everything goes together. Matt Dufty's used properly. He's following plays through the middle. He's, he's put in space. You've got Matt Burden, you know, busting the line, throwing passes out to Matt Naden. Naden feeding his wingers, you know, at O'Carr and Naden on the same side. Aaron Shoup would get better. He's got enough pace and hopefully improve defensively that way. And you, you've got pace across the back line now and forwards offloading like Pangai and, you know, Jack Hetherington playing more than five games um, <laughs> through lack of suspensions. Corey Waddell, you know, improving a little bit more. So there's a lot of possible positives, but I think that top 17 needs to stay relatively intact. And then we see Avarillo develop as more of a halfback and guiding the team around. That would help them make the eight, but... 
I don't see it this year. Okay, well, so I've, I've got a different view on the Bulldogs. I think they'll be in the bottom three again. I think they'll improve. Not Maybe not bottom three, but, they're, but they're, they're in that last tier. They might be at the top of the last tier of the four or five clubs at the bottom of that tier, right? Yep. Um, so I've got, you know, basically from 12 to 16, anywhere in that range is where I've got the Bulldogs. And I'll tell my reasons for that is you scored 61 tries last year. You conceded 121 Okay. Yes. The players you've recruited are not known for their defence. I know. Okay. I know that. The, yes. So, so your defence hasn't gotten better unless they've, they've 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 got structure. Now you don't score any points either. And I thought, oh well, with the recruits, you, at least you'll put put on more points. And then I saw the first week's trial where it was the most god awful, boring block play, block play bomb. And Avarillo was and Wakeham in the half Play, weren't playing great. His role weren't great well that might be the case no. right that might be the case but they weren't great um then i look at the spine for you guys whether it's josh cook or jeremy marshall king that's your hooker. it'll be jmk jmk for sure jeremy okay marshall jeremy king. marshall king at hooker jake Avarillo, matt burton who might be a center and matt dufty he's I, a great center not might be he's a great center he's a great let's center. see if he can no, be no, a 58 well that's what i'm saying but that's my point right it, yeah, it, yeah 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 so i go that's not a spine that can that's not a spine that's going to get you anywhere near the eight. I mean, all this talk about the eight. Yes, you've got more strike in the outside backs, but you've got to get someone to be able to get them the ball. Now, Matt Burton's not going to play on both sides of the ruck, so what are you going to do on the other side of the ruck? I actually think Jeremy Marshall is a functioning okay hooker when he runs the ball. Yeah, when he runs the ball, Jeremy Marshall King's a decent hooker, and he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it enough. Um, and I, I look at it and I go, I, I know he had a lot of. I know Phil Gould had a lot to do with developing the Panthers youth system i think he's really good at that stuff and if yeah. that's what they've got him doing i think that's fantastic for the bulldogs if he's been recruiting these players i he's recruited a team or if it's trent barrett whoever it is at the bulldogs they're certainly better than last year i'll give you that much they're definitely better than last year but they're, they're almost recruiting a throwback team my, this is my concern because if i look at what they're starting 17 looks like it is a bit of a throwback team your centers are brent Maiden and aaron shoop um, Jack Hetherington in the back row. Like, that's a gigantic team. Luke Thompson and Tavita Pangai Jr. and Paul Vaughan. Their big bodies in the game's getting quicker. Now, exactly. Tavita Pang- so, Pangai Jr. is athletic enough that that's okay. But the, can I just say the other thing? Josh Jackson is still there, and he was a liability the last two years. Um, there, there's a lot of question marks. I think they'll improve significantly only because the talent in their first 17 is so strong that they have to be better than some of these teams by default. But do I see them being anywhere near the eight? No, I don't. I actually don't because defensively last year, they were so bad. Their point differential was minus 370. So they basically were blown away by 20 points just about every game. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think the point differential tells you much. I think you need to look at the try differential. And the try differential is horrific. Either way, right, there were, there were games... The stats just play out what what you watch, right? So there were games where they could have played for five hours and they wouldn't have even looked like scoring a try, which to me isn't personnel necessarily. That's actually the way your your structures are set up, the way you're actually playing. Like not looking like you're scoring a try is because I was so predictable and so lacking in creativity. The game plan was minimalist without any creativity or skill that... I don't think it matters who's there. And that, to me, is very concerning because, yeah, Ado Carr, I think, is a, he's one of the best wingers in a long, long time, right? Oh, I agree with is, that. I, I completely agree with that. How does he get the ball? They're going to kick to the other side of the field. The, the opposition's going to kick to the other winger. Is their play going to be just a bomb to the corner? So Brett Maiden can try and now if jump everybody. If your other 
winger is Corey Allen. If your back line is Matt Dufty and Josh Adokar and Corey Allen, right? If they're your back three, right? So fifth tackle, 40-meter line, someone's kicking, right? Matt Dufty and Josh Adokar are amazing broken field runners, yeah? Amazing. Yes. So every single team is going to kick to Corey Allen if that's who your other winger is. Defensively, there are still a lot of question marks, like especially having these big guys on the fringes when I feel like the game's gotten faster. Um, I did see snippets of the trial. The team... It's good that that you've absolutely got back into G mode. I watched six minutes of a game. Well, Avarillo and Wakeham were there, right? And the thing is, I think Biondiotto is quite a, a, a good player he didn't break through our power because he had too many players ahead yeah, of him sure. but as soon as he came in it the structure looked exactly the same they had the same problem so it wasn't the the halves it, it, it's like they changed it and beyond the odo is quite a different player than avarillo and wakeham and yet there were the same problems it was just block play block play block play you know were they working on anything over the off-season, um, and I think that that's going to be a problem. Well, I mean, he came out after really the game. He, he came out after the game, and he goes, "We've got some work to do on our attack." What the hell have you been working on for the last three months? Here's the other thing that worries me too, right? With this huge recruitment, I was talking about the pressure on the. Broncos. I said this to you at the end of last year. I know all the Bulldogs fans have their hopes up, but I'm not sure you're there yet. And you don't. Yeah, you've but got some of zero... our fans had their hopes up about Corey Allen too. So, and can I just one last point from me? <laughs> yes. Your draw is horrific. All right, so you've got, you got the Cowboys really and Broncos up front. So they're two winnable games for you. Then you go the Sea Eagles, Storm, Panthers, Rabbitohs. Not a good one. Yeah, so you could be two and six. You could be two and six, yeah? What happens to Trent Barrett if you're two and six? And he, he's where my next point was, right? Is I talked about the pressure on the Broncos because of the media bubble up in Brisbane. With this recruitment, I think there's, there's going to be a massive spotlight on Trent Barrett. And with that draw, if this team is poor... In the first seven or eight weeks, I don't know if he's going to last the season. I think he'll be gone halfway through the year, or at least the pressure will build. The media will be into them as well. Last year, no one sort of cared. But now, oh, you bought all these players. You can't win, blah, blah, blah. And what worries me is Barrett's already gotten on the front foot. He blamed Cole Flanagan last year, and he's already gone Jose Mourinho mode and started to throw some of his halves under the bus already in the trials. He's made comments about the halves. He said, oh, my halves have to step up. I think he's right. He, I, he's right. 100% he's right, though, G, about the halves. He's 100% right. The question right, is, is but it... But Avarino is, is it, playing exactly like he was last year. Well, so is, is it, it coach or is it personnel? It That's right. That's the question I have. That's what I don't know. That's what I don't know. That's I right. think it's co- I think it's coaching. Well, because... action, action thinks it's coaching as well. Sorry, action is, action is one of our friends. <laughs> So, yeah, he's a Bulldog supporter as well. There's a lot of, um, you know, players around. Uh, the people, you know, or the perception of Freddie Fittler, for example, is he's a bit of a goofball and jokes around. I don't know if that's still there but since he's taken over the State of Origin team. But the guy is incredibly insightful. And last year in a couple of games, he would make comments about, geez, the Bulldogs look a lot better when their structure goes out the window, you know, when their game, when they start playing a little bit more footy. That's his way of saying the game plan is not working, but he doesn't want to say anything about the coach, right? So ah, he's picked that uh, okay. up a number of times, okay. right? Okay, so that's, I think it's a different, so I think Trent Barrett and, so this is where we've got to be really careful. So I agree with the point Freddie's making, but is that coaching or personnel? Because 
what what Freddie's really saying there is people are just following a game plan and they're not thinking for themselves on the field. Correct. Well, yes, that's right. So what he's saying there is, okay, well, this is not working. I'm the halfback. I'm going to change things up, which is what the great halves do, right? Without having anything in their ear or some or coach telling them. So I still don't know. This is the first time Trent Barrett has had an attack this bad. Even the, he's, he's never been great defensively. Yeah, his attack, his defense has never been good. Right, but he's he's always been a good attacking coach. So I don't know whether it's personnel or him. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't figure. Honestly, can't figure it out. Your your next seven games. Your next seven games after that two and six. That potential two and best case, I reckon two and six start is the Broncos. Another winnable one. So you could be three and six. Then you've got Roosters, Raiders, Knights, which I don't think you'll win. So you're at three and nine potentially. You've got the Tigers, which you should win. So you're oh no, you're three and seven. Then you become four and seven. Then you've got Saints and Penrith. If you split that, you're looking at midway through the season, you could be at five wins. Best case, best case is five wins. I don't think people they're going to be as good as people think they are. I think they like you say we're going a bit retro footy with the size of the pack, and we've invested in gigantic players so that you wonder with the, the speed of the game whether that's actually going to be a, a net positive or negative so i think that's just going to play out unless they are ultra fit and ultra mobile i can't really see that see see that as a positive we've got fantastic a fantastic strike in the back line but the halfback remains a question and Avarillo's regressed tremendously i don't know whether like you say that's coaching but we're we're missing i don't think they're with the really bad teams but i think they're at the back end of the the next group that whole gigantic sort of mishmash of teams and i think an 11th or 12th finish would be pretty decent this year for the dogs all right let's move on to the cronulla sharks um arguably their biggest off-season signing was craig fitzgibbon he is by all last time someone mentioned super coach it was trent barrett and it's worked out terribly so yes let's see how it goes um their players in uh cameron cameron mckinnis who's got to picked up another injury won't be there for the start of the season and and, and may i say blake braley might be the best hooker in that club anyway he is. Cam, cam mckinnis nico hines dale finucan they're great pickups yeah matt ikuvalu who's a who's i think erratic at best but they needed they needed a backup sort of winger you know, I understand. Even if he's I understand. Erratic, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Um, but I'd rather be a backup at the Roosters than a backup at the Sharks. Would be the way I'd put it. But he's probably on more yep. money. Yep. I'd imagine he would be. Yeah. Lachlan Miller has come in from Rugby Union, and I think he'll be yeah. quite good. J- and Jaden Burrell from the Queensland Cup. So, and they've lost Chad Townsend. So immediately their defence has improved. Quality of their beer apparently goes down too. Quality of their beer goes down. Yeah. Sean Johnson, who's gone back home to the Warriors. Um, Aaron Woods. Um, who's also following his career into becoming a lumberjack at Saints? <laughs> he is, but he's also he he's like a tree a, a tree lopper for hire. He's just moving he's, around. He's just, he's just a tree lopper. Josh Dugan. Um, the 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 NRL stories we're going to cover this year will be poorer for not having Josh Dugan there. You know what? I actually wrote that down as a, like Josh Dugan's left, but it's just the stories and the the stuff that will be missing. <laughs> just, just not the footy, but the but the no, stuff. No, no, the footy. Yeah. Will Chambers has gone to Rugby Union, which I don't think is going to work. Billy Magulis has gone to Warrington in the Super League. Never quite fit, Billy. Billy Magulis. No, he never quite fit. Never. He was. Remember, he was. He was. He was. Player of the year at Newtown for year, like a few years in a row. A very creative and skillful player, and I just don't think he's one of these old school sort of you know ball playing skillful locks that don't really fit in the modern game so much. He, he was good enough, but you just you need the right coach to use your your skills. So I think he'd be he's better suited to the UK anyway with the way they play football. 
in the Super League. Yeah, so they're 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 the players, and Nene McDonald's also gone to the to England. So that's the players in and out. What what are your thoughts on the Sharks? I, I was a little bit torn on this one. I've got to admit personally. And can I say the other big thing? If if Wade Graham can get a full season in, that is a big big difference. Assuming he's fit and assuming he's still Wade Graham, that's a big get for them coming back in as well. In that last year, there were a lot of games that the Sharks probably should have won and sort of, they were, they were quite erratic. But they have the talent to be in most games. And I think some of these, they were, had so many injuries last year as well. Like you say, Wade Graham was in and out. Um, the back line was torn apart constantly through injuries and, you know, Dugan and Moylan and all these this kind of stuff that was happening. That I never think, I never thought or felt that they'd settled. Now, especially the stuff with the coach as well wasn't, wasn't great. They had Sean Johnson. They were looking good until Sean Johnson got injured as well. And then when he came back, they started to look a lot better. I think they've got. I think they've got a decent draw. I think they've got a decent draw. I think injuries are the big thing. This is the way. This is the way I would build a team. The way they've done this, right? Because they, they had to get rid of some Chad Townsend, Sean Johnson, Aaron Woods, Josh to. Dugan, Will Chambers. These guys were all. Some of them, at least, were on big money, and yes. and they were getting to the back end of their careers, and they had to move on them, and they did, right? So. And I, to be honest, I think they've recruited. Yeah, I think they. I think they've recruited really well. I think Nico Hines is a great player, not just a good player, a great player. I think Braden Trindle and Blake Braley. It might be a bit too soon for them, but I think they're good. I think they've got a good backup in Cameron McGuinness. He can slot into the back row as well. William Kennedy yeah. showed a bit last year. I think he'll be more confident. This is what I was getting and at. And Connor like, Tracy is one of the most underrated centres yeah. in the comp. So this is the thing, right? You've got Connor Tracy, who was Mr. Utility last year and played everywhere. Defensively, at times, I thought he was poor because he was being shifted in different angles, different positions. So you've got to get used to what you see, you know, so... I think he'll be a lot better this year. I think Jesse Ramian hopefully will be a little bit fitter because agility-wise he could get beaten on the fringe. But again, he's a decent centre. Mulatalo and Katoa are really good wingers. Now they've got Lockie. And Mulatalo is not distracted by state of origin either. He isn't, poor guy. But um, but Mulatalo and Katoa, you saw when they get, they came back as well, even for that short period, all of a sudden, that fringe attack for the Sharks looked a lot better and their finishing was a lot better. I think Kennedy will be better again because that was his first real full year where they've said, OK, Will, you're in the team every week. And he grew and I think he'll, he will get a lot better and a little bit more assertive this year. I think Nico Hines, he will play off Nico Hines really well. They're both ball players as well. And um, their forward pack's pretty good, they're T, for- right? Like, yeah. Well, Yueli, you've got Braden Trindle, I think, will be a little bit better. I like Williams, Jack Williams. I think he showed a lot. You've got Tolman as the veteran presence there. Talakai, Finucane will add that mobile middle player as well, like he did for Melbourne. You've got a rejuvenated, what looks like a rejuvenated Andrew Fafita. Yeah, he, he looks better a, in the All-Star game, didn't he? a little game, bit thinner, he? Yeah, a little bit more thinner. agile. And you've got, like you say, Cam McGuinness. I think they've got, you've got Toby Rudolph, Nikora sort of came back. I like I like them. So do I, which scares me that we both agree on this. But here's here's what here's the counter argument to what we've just said, right? They they're young now. They're young, sprinkled with a little bit of experience in Dale Finucan and some of Wade Graham and Aiden Tolman and these guys, right? But if you look at that spine, it's Brayley, Trindle, Nico Hines, William Kennedy, and they are. But they're T, young. I know. I agree. I'm 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 more up on them than I am down. But yeah, you know, there are only a couple of injuries away there from having their depth exposed. I think the issue with the Sharks is that I don't know if they have the depth to cover the injuries anymore. Like like you say, I think all these players have played a lot of football. They are young, but they're experienced. In the forwards, they're okay. 
But I think if they have a few injuries in the backs, this is where I think their depth is going to be exposed. I don't think... I mean, Lockie Miller is probably a good pickup for depth as well, and he might force his way into the starting team on the wing or something like that. But you've got Matt Moylan still around as well as a backup, but I don't think they're that great in the centres or anything like that. I don't know if they have the depth to cover injuries that... In I'm less worried about the centres, I've got to be honest with you, because other than the elite centres in the comp... Um, you feel like they're a little bit replaceable, right? Yeah, they're, they're like edge second rollers. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, their, their main job centres these days is, as I've said this a hundred times on the pod, is on the right and left edge, your third man from the ruck, so you're making the call on, on the defensive read, either you or the second row, depending on how they line up. Yeah. But usually the second row is on the inside. It's just that combination of second row, centre, wing. It's just defensively, if they can keep that tight... And you've got a big body on the wing that can finish. That's that's kind of all you need, right? Um, yeah. Now, in terms of their tries for and against last year, they conceded, the Sharks conceded 97 tries. Yep. And they scored 87. So they actually yeah. conceded more than they scored. They had the worst defence in the, any team in the top eight outside of, I believe, the Titans might have conceded more, which is unsurprising. And the Sea Eagles, surprisingly. So, so look, I think Craig Fitzgibbon... If he brings Trent Robinson's structure to them, they won't get there this year, but those players will develop under him and they will improve. So if they stay injury-free and Craig Fitzgibbon is the coach that they think everyone thinks he is, I think, I think they will give Souths a run. I think the Sharks will make the eight this year. And they made the eight last pro- year. That's not... <laughs> Thanks, G. Thanks. They'll make the eight this year again. I think they will improve as well. I don't know. I know what you mean by South. For me, I'm a, I'm 50-50 on South. I, I think they'll come back to the pack. Well, Cody Walker's not going to organise the comp. and they got, But they do have Latrell back, right? Latrell's the wild card there. Souths we can talk about later. But I think I think the Sharks and Souths are in the bucket together for me. But, They're getting close. But the Sharks, the, the gap's sharks are a knife edge closing. for me. Because I think Souths have come back a little bit. And I think the Sharks... The Sharks have to stay injury-free for them to have the season that I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. So I'm expecting another dec- a, a decent season from the Sharks. I think if Craig Fitzgibbon can really fix their defence, like you said, and sort of bring in that structure... Oh, no, you're right. They just missed out. The Sharks just missed they out. They just Remember, missed out, right? right so the they, yeah, yeah. yeah, they did. So they, 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 they get a little bit fitter that way and they get a bit more mobility in defence. I, I They will get into the eight for sure. I, I, I think they've got all the, the ingredients to be a lot better than this other pack of teams. So I'm expecting a, a good season from the Sharks this yeah, I, year. I think, I, think they'll be, I, I think they'll be better. I think the Knights will come... Anyway, we'll cover Newcastle when we get to them, right? So, yeah. They're, they're, they're forcing their way up as... So who's going to come rest. down? Yep, so that's the question. So let's move on to one of those teams that were above them, and that's the Gold Coast Titans. Now, in terms of ins and outs for them, <laughs> what's the matter? Yeah, we'll go. Um, Super Jimmy Dimmick. Oh, Maybe losing Jesus. his cape this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, anyway, G, we'll cover Jimmy, Jimmy Dimmick hour in a minute. So they, they've signed Isaac Liu, Paul Turner, Aaron Booth, and Will Smith from Para. Will Smith's not a bad pickup, actually, I must admit. Not bad. But they did lose Ash Taylor, Mitch Rain, Anthony Don, Jamal Fogarty, Tyrone Peachy, Jonas Pearson, Sam Stone, and Jay Whitbread. So, so what do you think on the Titans? God, God, this is a really, this is a really inconsistent team last year. I think they will stay in the eight, and I'll tell you why. Okay, yep, Be- I, I would like to know this because they've got the easiest draw, 
and that's about the only they only played 10 teams that made the eight last year the draw this time is actually quite important because the top six were so far better than everybody else that's that, right so you know that there's only no there's no easy beats at all in the eight it wasn't like it was a mix max mix match of fucking teams i'm a, I'm a believer so, in justin holbrook too you know they're gonna play jade it looks like they're gonna play jaden campbell at fullback they will be and he was have, he was sensational he was last year and they've got aj brimson and toby sexton in the halves i'm a believer in that combination certainly a lot better than ash taylor ash taylor lost it i'm not sure on hooker i think they're a hooker short and that's my that's my problem they are i've got that down my this is a team i really don't know where to place because i'm almost like the titans were last year what are they are they the back-end team of the year before when it looked like Holbrook and Dimmick put their imprint on the way they played football and they nearly made the eight and their their football was amazing or are they the team last year that really adjusted the way they played they looked very unfit and there were gaps everywhere and they didn't know whether they were an attacking team or tried to play conservatively and at in fact, I never think they. I never thought they found their identity last year, and I thought their fitness was lacking as well. And they were very inconsistent. They were very inconsistent. I think they did have an identity. Give it to David Fafita. Well, <laughs> well, yes, that's what it looked yeah, like it to was, me. It was give it to David Fafita, but they did score 108 tries. But you remember at the start of the year they were on fire. They scored more tries than the Eagles right? last year. Yeah, last year at the beginning of the year, I felt they were on fire try wise but defensively they were always, and they so always this is holes. it this is my point this is this is this is what i struggle with with the with the gold coast titans they had 106 tries conceded they were the worst defensive team in the eight they were worse than the they sharks were very that unfit out. team very unfit and they were a team that tried to score 32 points if the opposition scored 30 and the reason why i mentioned the, the fitness issue is Dave Fafita's got to play more minutes for a start an edge back rower needs to play more than 50 minutes he wasn't fit enough he was dist- incredibly destructive at times like unbelievably so but he wasn't fit enough but then there were players like Mo Fatawaka who the year before I mean yeah he made State of Origin but not last year the year before his agility his speed through the ruck he was like a Spencer Linu type guy for or James Fisher Harris a mini version or a bigger version but you could see last year he struggled with the speed of the game and he really came back to the pack like he had fleeting moments but throughout the game he was inconsistent the Titans all over right here's the thing on fitness here's the thing on fitness because the rule because Volandis changed the rules during the season because the emperor decreed that there'll be that thou (laughs) shalt be new rules with his tablets thinking he was Moses. It just felt like it. Yeah. Hey, I got this email last night. Yeah. I'm changing the Some rules. fan. I spoke to a fan last night. He wasn't happy with the meat pies, so we're changing the six again rule. So... <laughs> Does anybody even eat meat pies anymore? Like, really? I, I spoke to Andrew Abdo. I told him to commission a review into the meat pie situation at the stadium. It's like what he said about... The, so a couple of things we missed out on, actually, at the beginning of this pod. Sorry, and I want to cover it off before we dive, dive too deeply. Dino Mezzatessa. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put him down as part of my notes. I hope he loses his shit a few more times. He's, he's entertaining. Well, that, great. for the Sharks. And then it's already he's already caused the stink with um, already? Uncle, really? Nick, Uncle Nick and uh, Dr. Paponis re- resigning from the New South Wales Rugby League Board because Dave Trodden said it was a conflict of interest for an employee of one of its member associations because he's the CEO, to become a board member. And they what said, about all the other Well, this is what I mean. Where do they draw the line? Where does the NRL decide conflict of interest is important and when it doesn't? This is so confusing. Uh, brilliant I story. It. I love it. Just a brilliant story. So we missed that one in the Sharks review. So where were we? Yeah, they're defensively, the Titans. You know, I just think that's the issue for them. Having said that, 
I look at it and I go, I think all other things being equal, I'm a believer in Justin Holbrook. If he can get their defence right, they'll be better than the Knights. This is why I'm torn with them. I think if defensively they improve and their fitness improves, I think they'll make the eight again. Um, the fitness. So because the Emperor decreed with his stone tablets, Moses style, that there's going to be new rules mid-season. The body shapes weren't prepared for the season last year. So I think that created yes, a bit correct. of a disparity. This season, there's a lot more consistency. I think if you're overweight for last season and you're starting this season overweight, look at Andrew Fafita's body shape at the All-Stars. If you're overweight this season, it's your own fault. I think so. Yeah, because you've got, you've got notice. You've, got, you've had three months of pre-season. You know the game's sped up. You know the game's sped you know up. The game's yeah. up. And that's the bit that I'm a little bit worried about. Like, I watched, I watched some of the highlights. I haven't had a chance to watch all, a lot of the trials but you know I saw Tremaine Spry who absolutely skinned the Broncos but mate he was overweight last year and he's again quite overweight and he's an attacking weapon if they get him right he adds a lot of speed to their team but watching Marju and Herbert they still look too big as their backs right and they got found out on the fringes a lot as well so that does worry me but Outside of that, I think if the Titans can get their fitness right and adapt to the speed of the game, I think they'll make the eight solely because they're attacking. The way they play attacking football is fantastic. But I will say the one of the most important players for them who people don't necessarily pick out immediately is Corey Thompson. Because as soon as he came back, their attack started to look a lot different and a lot better and a lot more varied. He's unbelievably skillful almost never makes errors and he's always in the right place and backing up at the right times he just adds so much to their side but i think Jaden campbell with another year gives them a lot well, more we're, we're, we're putting a lot of faith in, at five in youngsters in their spot we are i think Jaden campbell is very important for them this year but here's the thing Ted. T, right? You talk about yeah. a lot of faith in their, their spine or a lot of well, youngsters. youngsters, yeah, youngsters. Yeah, yeah. Fogarty last year, you know, defensively he was very poor. He wasn't the same player as he was. Ash Taylor like, totally went missing in action. I mean, isn't Sexton upgrade solely by just, you know, being available yes, every week that's and being my, decent? That's my, that's my view. Yeah, and Peachy regressed last year because he didn't seem to have the same freedom to ball play through the fringe or he looked unfit last year and couldn't keep up with the game and I think he didn't add much as a result. I think he'll be better this year for the West Tigers but I think the West Tigers got bigger bigger problems out there. Brian Kelly really good in attack keeps on getting injured but defensively at times was so bad. So bad. <laughs> Um, this is not a defensive so dynamo. This, no, this team not. is not a defensive dynamo. You know, but this team is filled, and why I worry about them defensively is they're not big bodies. Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson, Toby Sexton. They're quite small, small guys. Yes, and and Patrick Herbert yeah. and Brian Kelly are not big enough bodies to protect them. Um, very true. Defensively, I just it's really important that Justin Holbrook. If they if their defense regresses this year, they won't make the eight. Yeah, yeah, their defense was right on an edge, like right on the edge of being horrific. And you made a good point about the hooker too before um, their hookers, Aaron Clark. Aaron Clark looked like he was a prop last year, so I don't know <laughs> whether ball playing prop, played the right, yeah, ball playing prop at dummy half. What could go wrong? We had Ray Stone in a semi-final. Nothing bad happened from that. Well, that that is very true. Tanner Boyd, I think, needs to really take charge of that hooker spot because they need that sharpness well it could be it could be could be him as well but it's just it's just hookers are pro- hookers a problem spot it's hookers a problem for them an underrated signing and i hope he does have a massive impact i mean like they've got tino fotowaika for feeder they're, they're three absolute gun you know gun forwards can we also the season was so bad last year they made the eight with 10 wins they lost 14 games 
Well, that, this is the other thing, right? They were the, the best of the shit, the, the shit, basically. <laughs> they basically were, I don't know if yeah. I would say the best of the rest. They were, like, just better than the rest of the shit that was put out there. But I think an underrated signing and something to watch out for is Isaac Liu. I really, really rate Isaac Liu. I know he's a veteran now, he's getting on. But for the Roosters, he was sensational for so many years. And he, he just, all effort all the time and I think he might bring something that they've sort of lacked a little bit um, and him and Tino could be quite dynamic so I'd be interested to see how Isaac Liu plays but the Titans T I'm, I'm torn on I my consistency or where they'd finish is exactly how they play it's inconsistent sometimes I think they'll be in the eight and other times I think geez if the defense kind of is the same and they're not as fit same fitness levels I can see them dropping out now. I think Holbrook and Dimmick, the way they coach, and they bring some different elements to the game that some of the other coaches I, I believe in the coaching structure. I believe in the coaches there. I do. I think Justin Holbrook and Jimmy Dimmick are good. But anyway, I'm looking forward to watching them play. And, you know, hey, they're, always, they're always full of magic. Do you get any Jim Dimmick suggestions from Netflix and BritBox? I don't know. But there was a guy on a show I was watching that looked a bit like a Swedish Arab version of Jim Dimmick. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Sven Dimmick. Sven Dimmick. So... I don't know. Maybe that was a reason why it showed up. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him play. I hope Tremaine Spry can get into real fitness. I love watching him play. He's actually really exciting. But he may or may not be in first grade. But I think the Titans will be fun to watch at least again this year. And look forward to the Jimmy Dimikawa every couple of weeks when they, when they win, not when they lose. All right. Let's move on to the next team which I think they'll be good again this year. I think they'll be in the top four again this year. They've got a middle-of-the-road draw, and that's the Manly Sea Eagles. Can Tommy Turbo repeat what he did last year? I think he only played like 17 wins or something. I think he only played 17 games and got Dally M Player of the Year. He was unbloody believable. He was literally the man of the match in every single game. Every single game. (laughs) basically. Player movements. They've only got Ethan Bullimore that's come in. Yeah. Outbound They've lost Curtis Sirinan, Cade Cust, Moses Sully, Jack Gosiewski, Tavita Funa, and Zach Sadler. Actually, they've, they've taken a bit of a hit in terms of their recruitment. They have a little bit. I, I, I'm not sure. Ethan Bullimore, I think they've, they've obviously thought that they could probably win the comp last year with the team that they have and have kept it quite consistent. There is rumblings around Marty Tapao as well. Yeah. So about whether he'll be there or next year, this could be his last year, all that sort sort of stuff. Having said that, they were so dynamic last year. That back line of Cherry Evans, Foran, Garrick, Harper, Parker, Saab and Trebojevic, is, it, it, it's one of the best, probably along with the Panthers and the Storm, probably one of the best heart back lines in it, the comp. It is. It is. At full strength, absolutely. I, I think that back line is what gives them their, their strength. I, I really like Josh Schuster on the edge in the back row last year as well because he's, he's, he grew up a half, right? But he's got a big enough body to play in the play in the back row. It's his position, right? So it doesn't have to get in and do all the nitty-gritty, really dirty dirty work. Well, he's not playing through the middle. He's playing on an edge. Um, the other thing but is... But it gives um, him the creative creative outlet on the edge correct, to put his correct, players correct. away. Correct, correct. He's got... He's, he's, got, he's, he, he's he can square up to the line and give a short ball either side and he can stay in that same square position and give a cutout pass. So what that means is you, it's very hard to predict as a defensive team. This is this is what I this is the little things I notice, right, Joe, with Josh Schuster is yep. so if you're a defender and you're trying to read the play, if you look exactly the same whether you're throwing a cutout pass or an inside ball off either shoulder which he can do, that's very hard to read as a defense, d- defender on that. So that, that's that's quite a weapon. Um, I thought Jake was a li- Jake Trebojevic which was a little bit down on last year, but I think they will be there or thereabouts in terms of the top four. They, they're clearly one of the better teams in the 
in the comp. Now, Talat, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Tolatau Kula, he can run 100 metres in just over 10 seconds. That's unbelievably fast. So do you, I've told you my quickest time, haven't I? <laughs> what, 15? No, 10. I ran a 10. Was it a 10.5 or a 10.6 at um, the Athletics Carnival at school? God, Jesus. What happened there? I was up against your year. Um, my year had a couple of speedy yeah, guys yeah. at school. I might actually. have even been yeah. quicker than that. It was an official. I, I, was in, I was in the, I think I was in the middle lane for the final and then I bombed in the final. I think you were in the top two Turkish runners in the school. <laughs> the se- the, too, second, anyway. the second guy was quite a bit behind though. second guy was quite a bit behind. <laughs> that, that's... Oh, the multilingual Olympics at school. It's like, yeah, I did, I did, I came last, but I was the the best, um, the best Indian runner. At so school, just, just can Lebanese I just runner. just a couple of reasons why I think Manly will be a really good regular season team, and yep. then bomb out in the finals. Okay. Yep. The Sea Eagles did not win a game against the Storm or the Panthers last year. The Roosters will be a lot better. Most definitely. So I, I just, I just don't think they are. They're really, you know, you know who the Seagulls are for me. They beat all the teams they should beat, and they do it really well. And they're clinical, and they're desi, and all that sort of stuff. I just don't know if it's going to work come finals time. I don't know if they're going to beat the Roosters. I don't know if they're going to beat the Panthers, and I don't know if they're going to beat the Storm. I have to agree. I, I look. I think they'll make the top four because I think there's the top three for me, and then there's a, a kind of another two, and then. You know, which is mainly Parramatta and Manly, but I think Manly are, are really good. They'll be in the top four. Like you say, like when Des has got a good side, talent-wise, they beat the teams they should beat. That's how his teams usually are. But when the things tighten up, his game plan becomes a bit more rigid in the finals. And that's when his teams can get... I don't know if outcoached is the right word, but like you say, they don't quite have enough sometimes to beat these teams like the Roosters or the Storm or the or Penrith, that have got incredible defensive structures and you need a little bit more than give it to Jason Saab and have Tommy Turbo floating around. So They're back at Brookie this year too. They're back at Brookie this year. The revamp's That's great. been done. Yeah, so, so awesome. I think, and, and for those of you that haven't been to Brookvale, Brookvale's one of the best grounds in the league to watch footy. It's really good. Yeah, it's excellent. It's really good. And if the facilities are better, like there's no reason not to go, not to go out and watch Manly play if you live around there. Or support and they're fun to watch. Let's be honest, they were, they were fun, incredibly fun to watch. With Manly, if they're at full strength, obviously, because they really everything depends on Tommy Turbo. But they, you know, they can... Oh, they do. They, if, yeah, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. If they Tommy can Turbo... miss some games with him because Ruben Garrick took a, a step up last year. So if he's missing here and there, I think they can handle it quite well this in, time. In fact, but given, he given his hamstrings and his injury histories... You might want to rest him against some of the poorer teams, right? You might want to. Yeah, why you, not? You might, you might only want to put fifteen games into him for for them to win in the finals. Tommy Turbo's got to play the way he does against the poorer teams. He was very quiet in the semis because they become a lot more structured and they know what's Worked happening. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So they're better teams, right? It was last year. So, so I think they'll be there, but I just. Do they have enough to beat this? I don't think so. I don't think they do. I think they just have, like you say, the back line. If you look at their back line, they've got Turbo. The Turbo Saab is probably the most dangerous attack in the whole of the competition. The fact that you've got two guys that are six foot four, six foot five, and you get the ball playing from Turbo as well, and he gives you give Saab any space, and that, that Manny worked out. You've got to get Jason the ball when he's on the move. Once he's on the move and there's even a tiny bit of space, he's like a taller Addo car. Yeah. In that his acceleration and his top end speed is so 
so quick that he's gone and you're scoring 60, 70 metre tries. That'll continue. Ruben Garrick got heavily involved in various parts of the game. And then you've got Parker and Harper, who, for Manly, don't have to be, like you say, overly brilliant in attack. They just have to run the lines or use a bit of ball I playing. I thought Harper but they was excellent defensively. Excellent defensively. And that's year. the thing. They solidify. They're both defensively solid, and they read the game pretty well in defence. So Having said that, their defence last year, middle of the road. Yeah, but remember that. The start of the year, they were horrendous. So that, yeah, well, that's that's true. The first five or six games, they were losing by forty. Yeah, so you take that out, but their attack last year was absolutely—they were right up there with the Storm, the Rabbitohs. T two, like their backline, I don't—they just seem to be missing depth in the backline. So yeah, I, I think if they get a few injuries, I think they might struggle. Like Moses Sully de- depends had- on which position it is. So that's what I'd say. Depends on which position it is. I think Tommy Turbo is hard to replace, obviously. In short bursts, like I said, they can move Garrick. They can bring in the kid that you were talking about. They're a bit like the Eels insofar as, you know, they don't have a really good backup to DCE either. Like in the same way we don't have a good backup to Moses. And you're you're expecting another full year from Kieran Foran. That was his... I mean, it's great to see Foran have a a pretty good run with injury and play all season, but (laughs) his history... He played played more games in one season than he did for the Bulldogs, I reckon. But that was the exception for him in the last six, seven years. So you you, ha- you hope that continues again because they don't, again, really have a five. I mean, you can play Dylan Walker there, but I think their forward pack is also quite strong. And you've got Paseca's going to have another year, and I think he'll get better. Alouai will probably um, play really, again, another. Yeah, I, I think thought he was, he was good, okay yeah, last I th- year, I think so too, but yeah. I think he can be a bit better. Yeah, And I think Olakuatu was just starting, I think, yeah. this year. I'm expecting him to be even better. He was great last year, yeah. but he was dy- dynamite. You know, um, Schuster, like you said, another year, even more confident. I mean, he's injured at the moment. He's got a high ankle sprain, so he'll be out for a bit. But you're expecting him to get a little bit more fitter, quicker, and really even dominate even more than he did last year. So, um, you know, a bit more confidence. And they've got they've got backup in the forwards. Davey, Sean Kepi, like Marty Tapao, Drake Chaboyevich, and Dylan Walker. Are you just going to no, list no, the mean, name Walker. of players? I am. But, I mean, their backup is quite strong in the forwards. Okay. So you've, you've, you've named all those players, right? You've basically named their entire 30-man squad, and you didn't mention the one pertinent bit. What? No. no they don't hooker. have a hooker. Their hooker is a croaker, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know about croaker and hooker, but... <laughs> You know, You've named every other um, player in the squad. But look, Des Hasler's teams usually don't have hookers that run. They just go there. It, I don't. It's not about the, the running. It's not it. about. The, it's not about whether it's. It's. But if if yeah, I that's a problem. Not having a hooker in the modern game is a problem. That that is true. But traditionally, that's not a Des thing. He kind of gets a guy that service service from dummy half is good, and he's defensively solid in the middle and makes forty. Is that why he's been in the market trying to get a hooker? Who knows. Maybe the game's changed. That I, you need, the game's you, you changed, right? You need a hooker. But traditionally, Matt Ballon, or a, even when he brought in Jeremy Marshall King, or um, all these hookers, or even an Ennis, he tampered, he, he played with Ennis's game and said, look, you stay here, you just play tackle, give good service. He, he doesn't necessarily start his attacks from the hooking position. So I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why he needs a hooker, because it gives him another threat if it's a running hooker, and if it's an organising yeah. hooker... Then what it actually does is it takes a bit of the pressure off DCE. It, that's true. So look, oh, thank you. I, I think we're in, in agreement. They'll be in the top four again. Um, at full strength, they'll beat everybody else. And then it's a matter of, like you say, can they adjust their game? And then that, if they make the top four, they'll be out in straight sets. That's my view. Can they adjust the game against these good sides? Because they've got the forward pack to match them. I don't know if they've got the attacking game plan to beat the unbelievable defensive teams. All right. 
Let's move on to the next team. More of the Turbo Saab this year. I'm looking forward to that. That was great to watch last year. It was awesome. Seriously, fantastic. All right, good analysis. Makes too. you wonder what happens at the Dragons, right? Like, because you watch, there was all that hype about Jason Saab, and then you're like, you watch him play, and you think, I don't know, I mean, why is this guy so highly rated? He looked like a, I wouldn't say a bum, but he didn't look like much at Saints. Goes to Manly, and then you're like, oh my God. We're up against the team that every year is interesting because of their system, the Melbourne Storm. Now, for me, the biggest issue for the Storm this year is Craig Bellamy's got to let him know by March whether he's coaching the following year. And so if this That's is Craig Bellamy's far, uh, swan song, and if Brandon yep. Smith is also leaving, and Jerome Hughes hasn't been re-signed yet, then I wonder if they won't be motivated to send him off a winner. It was a disappointing end. Last year, yeah, I think they went out with a whimper last year in the semis. They did. They didn't. Their attack they kind of stagnated. Offer much. Well, and Jerome Hughes actually, because he runs, it takes a lot of the heat off him, and he's a good running halfback. But the rest of his game actually fell apart. His kicking game was terrible towards the back end of the season. Uh, and this does happen to Melbourne sometimes. They're such a a consistent side, but they don't really always have that extra. 10% that some other teams can find in the semis, right? They, they kind of play their same... They're always at 100%. They're basically. always at 95%, yeah, always. And so if you're in the... If, you, if the opposition plays below 95%, the Storm win. But what they don't have is they don't have that... Craig Bellamy sides don't have the ability to get to 99 or 100%. Yeah, and I think that got shown up in the the semis. They sort of played their same style. The other teams figured them out and they didn't have much else and I think they got bustled out of the game by Penrith and they really struggled to get their game plan going realistically last year I know Penrith were great but I thought Melbourne were the best team in the comp up until that point and Pen but Penrith was sensational defensively and beat everyone in the semis that's right I, I think that's right I, I think I think Tua Kamika won't be there this season that's the other thing I'm banking on I think there's a lot of they've had a really troubling off season that they don't normally have the Melbourne store yeah they've got a couple coming up I thought there was a lot of you look at their gains and losses yeah well so so Xavier Coates Nick Meany Josh King Jaden Nicaroma and William Warbrick I, I actually think they've probably the, the the three big losses that they had was Addo Carr Dale Finucane Nico Hines but they but they covered it okay right is is yes they have yes yeah, so they also lost Aaron Peen Branko Lee will be a massive loss not Aaron Booth, Riley Jacks, Isaac Lume Lume, Bedroom Eyes, as his yep. nickname was. Yes, he is, yep. Daniel Atkinson, <laughs> Lume Lume has gone to the Bulldogs, actually. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I don't, want, I don't think you should. Uh, what could possibly go wrong given your predilection for these players and Bedroom Eyes? Well, he Lume could Lume. do the Manu Vatavai and run out. Before he goes over the try line, running out of the sideline, which Marty used to be a fan of. But that yeah. guy's got bigger issues to to, do, to worry about. He does, now. but Lume Lume is actually that type of player, so, so but he's fun to watch. You look at their starting lineup, even without the it's Ryan Pappenhuysen, Xavier Coates, Justin Olam, Remus Smith, George Jennings, Cam Munster, and Jerome Hughes as the back line. That's pretty that's fucking a, good. That's they're, pretty they're good. Forwards, right? this they're is what forwards, I mean. yeah. Their forwards are Christian Welsh, Harry Grant, Jesse Bromwich, Lucy Kafusi, and Kenny Bromwich and Brandon Smith. You've got Nelson Asofa Salamona, Kamakamika if he comes back, Josh King and Eisenhuth. On the, that's a, it's, it's a pretty good... And Josh King was quite good for the for the Knights in, um, in spots last year that's too. Right, so. That's right. And, and Craig Bellamy gets things out of these players, right? It's funny, a lot of people are talking to are like, oh, I'm expecting the Storm to come back this year. And well, I'm so, like, so, so was I, so was I. That's what I was thinking. And then, really. and then I looked at it with more of a, 
discerning eye, and I thought, you know what, they're going to be pretty bloody good again, right? They're going to be pretty good, right? They, they got they got a middle of the road draw. They've got an incredible attack and defensive stats from last year. The only thing is the Craig Bellamy thing for me, and the off season yep. dramas. They had a very and it's very yeah, unstoppable. Yeah, so that's the only thing. They scored one hundred and fifty one tries last year. They were unbelievable. And they only conceded 63. Defensively, they're not going to drop off. And I think... They were the second best defensive team and the best attacking team. And the difference between them and the Panthers was only seven tries defensively. Their point differential last year was plus 500. That's unbelievable. 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 I I know we always talk about the comp was a bit skewed last year, but still, that's still... Uh, unbelievable, uh, incredible. Do they, Especially do they have to worry about the way they went out in the finals. What does that say about them? I think that what that says is that in the finals, when the games get tighter, they need to have a plan B. Whether it, but for them, they're so well drilled. It's almost like they don't have a plan B. Their plan B needs to be some variety. They had variety in their attack, but in the semis, they become very rigid. They're so in love with their game plan because it works ninety five percent of the time. That when it's not working. It's like your belief can almost go against you sometimes, T, if you know what I mean. Like, yep. Kind of like a Marcelo Bielsa. You know, like you're so idealistic about the way you play and it's generally so effective and it helps players and all this other kind of stuff that when it's not working, it's almost like you double down, but you can see you need something different. And I don't know if they've got that. Having said that, I think last year we did speak about you had players like Remus Smith and George Jennings had brilliant seasons. Except Bielsa's issue isn't a system issue, it's a player issue. This happens at every club, right? It's it, Not part of it, not part of it. It is the issue. He's, he, he puts so much run in their legs that they're just... They can only play for him for three or four years. It's like it's like playing eight years at another club. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna run a marathon. This happens game. at every club he's at. Every single club he's at. Everyone gets tired. And and, just, and the um, other thing that I think, sorry, while we're on this point, Graham Arnold's contract's up at the end of this World Cup. Marcelo <laughs> Bielsa's contract is up at the end of this World Cup. Oh, I'd go hire him. Or at the end of the season, end of next season. They should absolutely go get Bielsa. Absolutely go get Bielsa. He could be a transformative Socceroos coach for us. Yeah, but that would require some um, strategic thinking by the FFA. I don't think that is going to happen. Oh, Jose Peckerman, what's he doing with himself now? I don't know, actually. I think he might be coaching in Qatar. You once anyway, promoted Jose Peckerman to the FFA, didn't you? You were acting I as was his agent. Correct. I was correct. Yes, I was acting as his... No, I was one of those agents that approaches people, you know, that is somewhat related to somebody and no one knows who the hell they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, the dealmaker, I think they call you. The dealmaker. But say with, with the storm, right, is that last year we talked about Remus Smith and George Jennings. I think once the games got big, they started to panic because they haven't played in games of that, of that magnitude. And I think they were poor. Like, they really sort of panicked and they lost their composure a little bit, and I think they'll be better for it this year. But I also think Meany will replace Nico Hines, not in the same way, but at least they've got a competent backup for Pappenheisen. Cooper Johns will, will grow again and you get a little Nick bit better You said Nick Meany will year. replace Nico Hines. As in, you know, the fullback for fullback sort of replacement bench guy that, you know... But he can play in um, the halves for, as well. I mean, Nick... Sorry, I, I, I can't mean, just who say... Knows? Can I just say... I don't think Nico he can play Hines, in the halves, but... No, I'm saying Nico Hines is by dramatically they're not even in the same stratosphere better player than Nick Meany it's not that it's just you got a comp- they've got competent depth and backup like you know Pappenheiser misses a couple of games they've got at least a half decent fullback 
to bring in. They've got Cooper Johns. They've taken a gamble on Jaden Nikarima, um, who's been out of the game for a while, and hopefully he, he can sort of be there for them in the halves if they have any injuries or during state of origin. I think they've recruited quite well. Their, their forward pack remains unbelievable, like you said. I mean, they've got Harry Grant, who... At his best, he's the best hook in the comp. You still got Kafusi. You got Tepai Maroa. I'm expecting to make a little bit, a, a little bit more, a few more appearances this year. I think um, he's had a full season with the Storm. Their systems, their consistency. I think it's too good for most teams, and they're going to be easily top three because their best 17 is still pretty much better than just about everybody else. Yeah, I agree. And I think Xavier Coates will. You're going to see how good he is this year. I think Melbourne will get him into incredible shape and that will improve him a lot better this year and I think he's going to have a monster season. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't disagree with that. I think Melbourne will be there or thereabouts. Oh, in fact, in fact, you know, I, I think the grand final, I think Penrith might have a little bit of a hangover. I think Penrith's going to wipe everyone out and I think they'll make the prelim. But they could have a hang. They're a young team that's just won the comp, right? We'll discuss Penrith, but that, they were some of the things I noted is they do play with a cockiness and an arrogance, and they have won, and they've been dominant for two two years. Yeah. And oh, it makes me wonder if they're. I still I still think they'll be first, second, or third. But I just think I just think will will they have the hunger? Whereas I think Melbourne after they went out like that last year. There's a bit of hunger there. In fact, if Craig Bellamy says, I'm not coaching, I think they become my premiership favourites, Melbourne. That's interesting. We'll have to wait and see on that one because that was leading, that you basically led into my next point, which was because the Redcliffe um, Storm have basically recruited half their team. Yeah. In 2023, there's a lot of players playing their last season. So if you add the Craig Bellamy last season into the mix, I yeah, think that's right. There's a lot of incentive for them to actually really have a great season again. So. There's a lot of you know players that have been part of the furniture for a long time that are moving on. So it's a big deal, a big season for Melbourne. Big season. Well, it's going to be the same same story for the Eels, right? This is their window because they're going to go backwards next year thanks to the salary cap sombrero at the Bulldogs. <laughs> We're signing Mitchell Moses, Clint Gutherson and, um, and Dylan Brown, are we? Yeah, for $100,000. Because we, we, we let go Aaron Shoup. Yeah, of course. Great. And a new car. Yeah, I look. I think Melbourne are easily going to be the top three. I don't think I don't see them coming back. And to me, they they are. I've got question marks about Penrith. I think Melbourne for me at full strength are my premiership favourite for twenty. Yeah, I think if, if well, I'm not going to quite go that far. But I think if if Craig Bellamy decides this is his last year, then I think yeah, it could be they could be premiership favourites. All right, our last preview for this pod, which if you've stuck with us during the last hour and a half, uh, nearly two hours. Brevity has never been our thing. No. I, I, look, the good thing is, if you're still listening, that means you're working out pretty hard and, you know, it, it's it's going to be good. For, it's a, I think there's bigger a issues. five-hour workout. I think it's bigger issues if they're... Um, this is always a massive pod for us. I think they've got bigger issues if they're listening to us while they're working out. Uh, we'd be great for a triathlete, you know, just to put on the, the 74K bike ride. In fact, we'd probably last longer than the 74K bike ride. How long do you think a 74K bike ride would be? For triathletes... Don't know, actually. Probably wouldn't be more than, I don't know, for a couple of hours? I wouldn't have At a clue. At most, right? I wouldn't have a clue, right? I don't, I don't know. I've got no idea. But I know the bikes go up to 50, sort of 45, 50 k's an hour. So right. Okay. You don't have a carbon fiber bike, do you? You're, you're, no. you're mixing with the big folks in the city. No. So don't you have a Lycra outfit at home? No, I don't. You don't? You're, I'm you're, surprised, you're actually. A, you're a strange person, G. Strange? You yeah, haven't you heard are. of mammals? You're not a mammal? N- no. No, you're a strange man. You know what a mammal is? So No, I don't. No, you don't. Oh, 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 I'm surprised. It's a middle-aged man in Lycra. That sounds like you. So, gee, you have these <laughs> fetishes that our listeners don't know about. You listen to, you watch erotic 
movies on Brit 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 Box that involve Jim Dimmick and Peter and Agatha Christie. And yes. Agatha Christie. Continue, go. Thank you. All right, we're on to the Newcastle Knights. I think they've had an interesting off-season. And I'll tell you this because I'm going against the grain. I think letting go of Mitchell Pearce is actually going to be a positive for them. But let's let's. But I don't think they're going to make the eight necessarily. <laughs> so so I think I think I think they're going to go backwards. I think they're going to go backwards, but not because they've let go of Mitchell Pearce. Jake, Jake Clifford and Adam Clune are a much better halves combination. And Jake Clifford in the preseason and back half of last season was great. And for Saints, I don't know why Adam Clune wasn't getting a run for Anthony Griffin. Not sure. I mean, look, we talked earlier about the Bulldogs not having a halfback. I I absolutely would have gone out and gotten Adam Clune. I mean, we I were talking Adam about Clune's Adam Clune before he played for Saints, remember? We were saying how, why don't you go to New South Wales Cup? This guy was the... Yeah. He's an organising halfback. How many teams need it? There's not that many halfbacks in the... Cup. We, we, we said all of this over the last two years. Saints picked him up, didn't give him a decent run. I rate Adam Clune as an organiser, and I think Jake Clifford's been really good since he's gone. To, he's, he's left the Cowboys and gone to Saints. So I think that's so. Adam Clune's a good pickup. Dane Gagai's a good pickup. He's a good pickup because I mean he has the odd erratic game defensively, but generally he's aggressive and, and defensively solid in the centres. Gagai and he's got that veteran experience and in especially in big games with Souths over a long period of time. So I think he's a very good addition to the Knights. And and they got Mapapalangi, Leo Thompson, and. Via Ila, which I'm sure I've pronounced wrong. They, they've, of course, lost Blake Green, who was originally going to go to the Dogs, but somehow he's retired, um, obviously because of that ACL injury at his age. Josh King's gone to the Storm. Mitchell Pierce has gone to the Cadillac Dragons. Shibasaki's gone back to Rugby Union. Stafford Towers gone to the Tigers. And I think the big loss for them, the big loss for them, not Mitchell Pierce, is Connor Watson. Connor Watson, yeah, because he added spark. Mate, Con- Connor Watson must have been close to being in origin last year. I think he was. He's they, got, they did he talk can about do him as a utility. So much on a field, right? Makes a, and he's tough as bloody nails. The other thing that I noticed is Bradman Best is still I think he's put on weight since last season. Is that possible? <laughs> well, so he's got he's got 3 weeks to lose the weight. Hopefully he can, but it's 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 a big out. Now, the other thing that people will remember, they ran para close in round 1, which gave me a heart attack in round 1 of the finals. Yes. But def- yep. attack-wise, they were Terrible. They could not score last year, and they've lost Connor Watson. Mitchell Pierce didn't play half the games last year. Kalen Ponga is going to have to play out of his bloody skin and stay on the field for twenty-four games for them to twenty-five games for them to have a chance of playing finals for the third year in a row. I think too much to ask. I think you know. Having said that, having said that, they were two wins in front of the Titans, so they've got to come back by a fair bit to miss the. Eight, but I think they're going to come back to the pack. I think they're going to be in that seven to ten range. It would not surprise me if they miss out, though. I haven't quite landed on where everyone's going to fit in for me in terms of the ladder, but a lot's going to come down to Kalen Ponga, and 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 and, I, and, I, and, and they don't even have isn't Jaden Braley's injured as well. For me, the Knights they they fit in that sort of group of teams that are outside that sort of top six, the seven to ten or eleven that are all in with a shot, depending on how their seasons go, of making the semis. They will have to rely heavily on Ponga. I thought last year their attacking structures were poor. And Ponga sort of only got the ball in sort of structured situations rather than utilising the guy's unbelievable skill and talent across the field. He's been named captain, so I wonder if he will stick to the rigid game plans um, that Adam O'Brien plays with, or it will allow him to sort of assert himself a lot more, but they really are reliant on him. 
Um, I think that will miss Connor Watson because Connor Watson did some of the T, the not unstructured, but some of the the dynamism and he He, plugged gaps in, he added sparky, he backed up here, he did all these little things. Connor, I need you to go set up a try, go set up a try, Connor, I need you in the back row to, to, you know, like these are all things that happen during a season. They're not easy to, you know who he's a bit like? He's a bit like Craig Wing in the old days. Yeah, he's not as quick as Craig Wing, and he, but he's a bigger body too, so you can play him in, in different positions. But there's a lot that happens over the course of a game and over the course of a season that having someone that you can slot into seven different roles in the team is actually really helpful. Yeah, I think defensively, I thought the Knights, if you remember last year, and you know, you, you love Mitch Barnett. but So I think their forward pack's very good. Their forward pack's pretty good, and they're defensively solid, and they're quite a committed bunch of players. Like, they ha- they hung in a lot of games. They just couldn't really... And Mitch Barnett might be the most underrated forward in the comp. They struggled to score, right, a, a lot of points. Like, if I look at their back line, I think they've got the strike power to score points, but I don't think they play that way that utilises the, the best of their talent. I mean, Bradman Best... Okay, hopefully he loses some weight, but he's quite dynamic and a pretty skillful player. But he really needs to to try and um, manage. I think Jaden Braley's a big out. I mean, I think I like Jaden Braley's like, a huge loss. I like Clune. I like Clune and Clifford. You got Clune and Clifford, right? They can both run at the line. But how skillful. much confidence are they putting in Adam Clune? Right? They try to go get Luke Brooks. So, and I don't think I don't think it's Kurt Mann if if, if Adam Clune doesn't play. Like I, I can't. So so, but then they don't have a hooker, and I, I just think I just I just. I'm still worried they don't have enough points in them. Yeah, a lot has to go right. But if you go one to seven, right, they've got Ponga, who's an incredible player. Yeah, I agree But then they've got Dom Young. I mean, he just came across last year. He's quite young. But he's got a lot of potential, right? So second year. um, The other winger, I think Tuala is a fantastic winger. And I think being on the wing cuts out his defensive frailties. Oh, gee. So he can use a sideline as a help. You and I disagree on Tuala. I think... He's an attacking. He's attacking dynamite. I love him. Yeah, but he's like Jamal Fogarty. He was terrible in the centers. Terrible. In the centers, defensively, he was terrible. But he's their winger, so I think the wing helps him defensively. And then you've got Gagai and Best, and then Clifford and Clune. That's quite a good backline, right? But like you say, I don't think they play in a way to get there's, points there's out of that backline. There's something about Something's them I don't not trust. Right, yeah? There's something about them I don't trust at the moment. Like, you know, you remember there were games last year too, you'd watch them play, and it was just kind of this medi- mediocrity where they'd That's go right. through their sets. That's right. But it didn't look like anything was really going to happen. But they would hang in games, but they just couldn't... Even against the crap teams, they couldn't really put them away. They yeah. would keep them hanging around. But I just, but you could easily convince me that they're going to finish seventh too. If Adam O'Brien, if if Adam O'Brien has worked on the attack and they can get a full season out of Caelan Ponga, and Jake Clifford has a great season, and they somehow plug the gap because Connor Watson, if they'd kept him, they would have played him a hooker with Jaden Braley's injury, right? With Jaden Braley's injury, so you know, and and if you don't think Adam Clune's the answer, and you didn't get Luke Brooks, you could slot Connor. What do you know what I mean? He like he fills for a lot of gaps in the team, and I think. And I think if any of those one, if any of those spine positions don't work, you don't have him to plug that gap. So then there's quite a big drop then. And I just, I just, I just don't know that they've got enough points in them. No, they've gone back to Kurt Mann is their utility. You can kind of see that, right? But I would like to see Adam O'Brien say to Adam Clune and say, "Listen, you're our halfback. I want you to go out and actually play." So like, give the guys 
some confidence that they're not looking over their shoulder every other week. He's already tried to get Luke Brooks. I remember reading there were rumours about them, Anthony Milford maybe playing there. I didn't think Tyson Frizzell played well last year on that right edge. No, Tyson Frizzell wasn't very good, but he's back. So they got, I thought Brody Jones sort of came on last year and sort of was one of those guys that popped up everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Chad Randall? Well, someone. Could be Chad Randall. I don't know. I think they're going to have to try... If, I mean, they're going to have to get someone young, right? Because it's a big loss. Braley's a big loss. By virtue of having so many injuries last year, they've given some exposure to the Phoenix Crosslands, the Tex Hoys, and the um, you know, the Musgraves. So I agree with players that, that have I agree had a with taste. I agree with all of that, but I, none of them are hookers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they do with the hooker position, but um, I, I think that is a team. You know how I spoke about Manly... And Dez, and, and you said the game's changed, and I, I get that. But they can sort of make do without that hooker because of everything else. I don't know if Newcastle can. I think they need that thrust from dummy half to give them something different because they're very predictable and they play in a very structured way, even though they have players that probably thrive in a little bit more free-flowing football. Yeah. So they're an interesting team. I think it's going to depend... My gut feel is they're going to miss the eight this year, whilst also looking better, like you said, which sounds weird. Yeah, that, that's 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 what I mean. They're a weird one for me. I think they'll look better, but still miss the eight. I think because I think some of the teams around the fringe have improved a little bit. They're that's not right. as bad as last year, but still not up to that higher level. But I think a lot of things have to go right, T. And if they work on different things and show different looks, they can sneak into the eight. But I probably think they're going to be on the fringe most of the season and probably will miss out i think it's going to be a great season this year can i say that i think it's going to be an absolutely cracking season because i think that there's they've had a year with the rules they've had a chance to get the body shapes together they've had an off season to work on their problems they've had a chance to recruit and i think the teams, some of the top teams maybe not the top three but some of the other teams have come back to the pack a little bit and i think some at the bottom have. have improved a little bit right so i think there'll be a lot there'll be a lot more closer games because last year the finals were great but 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 the regular season was let's was, be honest was it was fast was not a great regular season so, i mean to be honest mate like you look at south's team man for man that would they were, but bar like they had a couple of really good players, obviously. But if you looked at their side, they were flogging teams by 40, 50 points yeah. and playing for 50 minutes. Yeah. Like they weren't a team where I look at them and think, oh my God, they're so amazing that they should be flogging teams by 50, 60 points That's and switching right. off. That's right. It, the disparity was, I actually haven't seen anything like it. It was like, you remember in the 80s and 90s, we always had like one or two teams that would get flogged. Yeah, by but you had the five beta rule and so the games were a lot closer. Yeah, but you know, you had there was always one or two teams that would get flogged by everyone by 40, 50 points, right? But we had like seven of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like half the comp, that's you know, right. so um, it'll right. be an interesting season. It'll be an so, interesting yeah. season. All right, that brings us to the close of part one of the season preview pod. We've done the off-season in a separate pod. We will come back for part two, in which we'll give out ladder predictions and Dally M and all the other usual predictions we do before the season starts thank you for joining us thank you g thank you t it's uh, a pleasure it has been a pleasure and let me know if you find anything good on britbox i will i'll talk to you later see ya agatha christie here i come yeah. see you later see ya bye bye <laughs>